afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark to Life podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. We were muttering together in the in the live stream before the this show started about something you realized, Frank, over the weekend or last yes. week. Yes. Why don't you share so, it with us? I think that this probably what what is this two two and a half weeks ago now? No, it was it was just last week, wasn't it? No, it was at least. It was at least two weeks now. That's how quickly time is going by. But I had, I had a moment where we were talking about what was it exactly? Were we still talking about um, the we were house? Talking about Jim Jordan's yeah. Jim Jordan nomination for the speakership, and we were looking at all of the 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 so-called Republicans that were voting weirdly to avoid giving Jim Jordan a majority, and one of them was a guy named Lawler. Who ah. represented represented the New York 17 district, and I said, "Wait, what? New York 17? That's me." <laughs> and I don't remember having any kind of news reach my desk that I was represented by a so-called Republican. So I looked into it, and wouldn't you know it, New York 17 has this Lawler guy as as a uh, a representative he is a republican and um i said this can't be so i looked at the, the district map and the district map looked like it included my town it at least it at least was running like right along that side and i i i, I don't know i was confounded as far as how that could happen you were without, deeply troubled deeply troubled <laughs> okay because we we went from nita lowey to mondaire jones to this guy i mean obviously who do you have now frank (laughs) but now but now two weeks later i realize that no 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 no. it makes a little bit more sense i was redistricted in probably like a a a slice of a what but but not too much it's just that we were given a new i was absorbed by the 16th district i have to imagine but it's like osmosis yeah, but the relationship of whoever, you know, that kind of lineage of who's representing us has remained the same. So I don't have Lawler as a representative. I have the the newly charged um, uh, Jamar Bowman. Jamal. Jamal Bowman, the guy who, who, who pulled. <laughs> my guy is the guy who pulled the fire alarm. So Poetic I, it, it's just. I couldn't, I, I, I'm just so confused, but at the end, it makes a little bit more sense. So I was redistricted out of the 17th into the 16th. It's the same lineage of representatives. I have Jamal Bowman, who came in after Mondaire Jones. And I guess right next door is this uh, Jim Jim Jordan's, you know, Nemesis. sabotaging Lawler guy. So enemies on all sides. They just wear different masks. That's funny. I get this text. <laughs> I have to read it. I think it's okay to read. Hold on, let me yeah. look. I get this text randomly. Hold on, where are you? It's been a while. I get too many text messages. There it is. Oh, it was a voice message. Can I play it? Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I knew I wasn't going nuts. Uh, that Lawler guy, he's not my representative. I don't have, my representative is Jamal Bowman. The mashed potato brained embarrassment that was just charged for pulling the fire alarm. <laughs> Apparently, what happened to me recently is they must have redistricted. They must have redistricted. 
Um, and I am not 17, New York 17 anymore. I'm New York 16. But still, it's Jamal Bowman. And before that, it was Mondaire, uh, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> Mondaire Williams. I forget where I listened to that, but I laughed my ass off when you called him a mashed potato brain. I mean, when you look at that the video footage of him taking down the signs in the front window, quickly looking around, you're in a government building. You I, think I know. only you don't you don't even go to think that there might be a no. Uh, he thought he just didn't think he'd be held accountable, Frank. They think they operate above everybody else. And he kind of isn't being held accountable. Didn't he plea or plead guilty and get like nothing as a punishment? That's a good point. That's a good point. It he ha even in his diminished uh it level of intelligence, he has to know that there's a camera there. So it must just be about nothing's gonna happen to me. Dude was a principal, for goodness sakes. Yeah. This is why you don't send Aurora to public schools. She's not even going to private schools. I know. I know. Because I, I, who the hell knows? There's gonna be there's gonna be some Jamal Bowman running around. I had a um a different weekend. It was kind of fun actually. I'm gonna share it towards the end of the show. In the beginning of the show, we'll do all the nasty shit, and then at the end of the show, we'll do the fun stuff. And again, I have to write down a timestamp because I am gonna get in trouble. For cursing on the radio. Where is it? Oh, that's right. We're still on radio. Yes. Doing very well, in, by the way. In Missouri, in Missouri? I believe so. And uh, Missouri. another state. But anyway, misdemeanor Bowman, someone says. Okay, let's, let's get on to the news. We've got here ABC News, Frank. Yes. Older adults who received last year's COVID booster and a high-dose version of the flu vaccine in the same visit may have a potential increased risk of stroke, according to a new FDA-funded study. However, experts urge that these results were preliminary. Um, who, did, who did this? Well, ABC put out the story. ABC? And they... That's the way that they packaged it. Yeah. Older individuals who had the, the they actually brought the vaccine into this. Yeah. What? Oh, there's the, the headline just popped up for me right now. What the hell is that about? People are having strokes everywhere. <laughs> and they have to talk about it. I mean, you know, you know I, I uh, last night I had some family around. We, we did our pumpkin carvings last night. So a lot of family came over and. And uh, that included some family who very dutifully line up for whatever new booster comes out over the last few years. And it's become almost like a a chin up. Yes, I'm doing it. Don't even say anything kind of a thing. Uh, and li listening to them talk about because you know how it is when when these older the older uh, the older folks in the in the family get together. They're always comparing what the hell's going on, what they read in the obituaries. Oh, did you hear someone else? Die? This one, died. how old was? How old were they? Then they're going through why it happened because they want to make sure that they're safe. Oh, smoker. Yeah. Smoker. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Twelve cigarettes in one nostril, five cigarettes in the other. You know. You know. So that's going on. And in the back of my head, I'm saying, in the back of my head, I'm saying. I mean, what makes you better than them? You're going, you are going and putting all this crap in your body. It's the whole the whole thing makes me cringe every time I see it. Like I see these older people in 
the pharmacy waiting for their 17 boosters that CVS has advertise you can get all seven of these at the same time shingles flu um covid uh pneumonia all of them get them all today at one low price have you been able to ask anybody that question that i i posed at the time when we had talked about oh about the the mixing them in the same vial yeah because i i do not know what the what is the difference if they go into different injection sites less than a quarter inch away, what's the difference? Could, I haven't I haven't asked anyone. I, maybe That's I just because I see them advertising them in in batches too. They 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 do. I get the emails all the time. Guess what? You can come on in now and get every vaccine known to man all at the same time, perfectly safe. Sit down, roll up your sleeve, step right up. Hmm. I know. You know what, what uh, Matt and I did on Friday night? We ended the show on Friday night with um, we went through. We took like seven, seven of the best uh, pharmaceutical commercials that we could find from over the years, and and we listened to them in all of their horror and hilarity. Uh, with uh, and it's just when it just puts things in perspective. You know wh- what the hell is out there. Oh, that's and, why somebody emailed me thinking it was me that was asking, but it was you, and I forwarded you the email what? Of, of the pharma thing. Some, oh. Yeah, I forwarded you an email from somebody that sent in a pharma commercial to me thinking that we asked for it, but it was actually you that asked for okay. it. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things. Talk about talk about what is advertised. And, uh, you know, in many ways, thank God. Thank God. Because... To hear it all, if this was all just kept under wraps, at least at least it's in the public consciousness. But what do we do with it? We laugh at it. We take it anyway. I was in the um, movies yesterday, which we'll talk about towards the end. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to the movies since 2009. Cloudy with the chance of meatballs. Anyway. Um, Wait, that's the movie you saw? The last time. You haven't been to a inside of a movie theater to watch a movie since... 2009? Yes. How has that happened? I don't like going to the movies. Really? Yeah. There's been nothing. Zero. That inspired, nothing since 2009 that brought you out? Nope. Since the Obama inauguration? Correct. Until wow. this weekend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that'll give you some idea of how. And, and what did you see this weekend? After Death. Angel okay. Studios. I'll, we'll get into it. Something else. Okay. What an experience. It's number three at the box office this week, too. I also saw another movie this weekend that we're going to talk about. Really good. But first, Frank, we've got this. You you and I both resonated with this quite a bit. It's a clip, but there's audio. Here we go. It's New York City. What, what looks like a Muslim man walking around tearing down posters of the hostages in New York City. Why'd you rip it off? Why'd you rip it off? Why do you rip it off? Put it back. Why do you rip it off? Put it back. Whoa, show me what you're holding. So, yeah, keep it on. No, what are you doing? You know where they are right now? Do you have any idea where they are right now? All right. I'm a veteran. I'm telling you. All right. Don't do it. I'm not fucking Jewish. He's not Jewish. I don't know if he is or not. It doesn't fucking matter. 
This is fucking the U.S. That's New York City. You don't have a fucking right to touch that shit. This is a free country. You can wave your Palestine flag and say death to the Jews or America whenever you want. But we can put up fucking signs. Okay? We, then don't rip that down. You are doing something. You're offending us, motherfucker. Yeah, you are. When you throw that on the floor, you're littering the city. In a minute, I'm going to litter on the fucking floor with you. You have a proof? So move the fuck on. Do you have proof that not kidnapped? No, so shut the fuck up. I know that's what you want. I'm dying to fucking put you in the hospital. Come on. I miss home. Yeah, I know. It's it's just a comforting sound. I don't even care what they're arguing about. It's just it's just comforting. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, somebody in the chat said, mark the time beans. It was Sharon. Oh, yeah. This whole this whole bit just has to go. You can't. You can. There's nothing redeemable about this. No, it just be beep, 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 beep. It's the, uh, this is a normal conversation over coffee. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Well, this is a little bit more emotional too. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you, the normal conversation over coffee is just a little bit more down tempo, and it's, it's whatever. still the same volume though. Yeah, if not yeah. a little louder. You got to talk over a lot of stuff. Did you? Talk over. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't like I just did. You can't let someone finish a sentence. <laughs> that would be unfair. <laughs> Did you happen to catch this Ben Swan clip he put up of Pascal Najadi? No. Oh, this? you're going to want to hear this. It's long. It's four minutes long. It's worth every damn second. He is the son of WEF co-founder Hussein Najadi, and he and his mom are speaking out. This is something. Really, really something. Here we go. Listen to it. speaking out against the WEF? Oh, yeah. And everything else. Listen. Geneva. Looks beautiful. It's beautiful. It has a lake. It has this shadow. It's very peaceful. But there is a dark side to it. Everything evil in the world related to demo side, unfortunately, comes from Geneva. You have WHO in Geneva. You have Gavi. Then you have the VEF, the World Economic Forum, which my father was a co-founder and left Klaus Schwab out of disgust in the early 80s that has diplomatic immunity. I as a Swiss citizen right here now declare that the VEF is not eligible anymore for diplomatic immunity. I call on the Swiss authorities and security to arrest those people immediately. Why the VEF, WHO, Gavi, Big Pharma, Big Tech, Bill Gates, all advocated a global humanity injection by a bioweapon injecting nanolipids into 5.7 billion people. And we Swiss are hosting them? That's terrible. We cannot tolerate any entity that promotes poison to be injected into humanity. But you've done it. I'm the victim, I'm dying from it. And my mother too. It's a demo side and you'll be judged. It will be corrected in the name of humanity. Maybe there is a Geneva Swiss syndrome, but definitely there is a, a UN syndrome. Because people are so afraid of what's going on because the United Nations is occupied 
that people in there don't understand. Those who understand keep quiet or try to speak in different ways to help people to wake up. So if you understand that, you know that this was very easy to carve a world government. If you don't have a force that stops that and says, we the people is more important. And that's what we're doing now. We're trying to build a we the people movement that is very global, something completely different. But what is going on in Geneva is, is the opposite at the moment. There is no right to WHO to give any orders to dictate to the whole world like they have done. And the Global Alliance for Vaccine Immunization, Gavi, got total immunity from the Swiss government. You can find this, admin.lex in the Swiss database. Go and look. This is a coup d'etat, clearly. It's a global crime scene. And we are bringing little pieces of evidence to people with humility, because in science, you always have a doubt. It's a, it's a healthy doubt. And I think that is a very important attitude. I believe personally, Geneva has a better future. Swiss neutrality has to be restored. We have no future not being neutral. The young people who survive through this will be the guarantors, hopefully, that such institutions can never again take foothold in our blessed country. Never again. The snakehead is in Geneva. I call it a direct, clear and present danger to the Swiss population. But I can tell you, it is being cut off. If you have a house of cards, and this is a house of cards of a criminal, one card pulled by justice and the whole card house collapses. But from hope alone it is not done. Everybody must now change the spirit. And all the vaccinated, the injected, knowing that they are poisoned. We are the masses. We are billions of people. Let's just stand up and say, stop. We will not comply. And in French, ni oubli, ni pardon. Because we are the guardians of humanity and our light obliterates the darkness of evil, always. Um. So he, I have two questions. Uh, the first one, he said 5.7 billion people. They really estimate that they got close to 6 billion people injected. They, it's like that. How do they do that to, to China and India? They've been on top of this. I mean, China and India have been forced vaccinated. I didn't know. I, I thought that they, they eclipsed at least a billion, but I mean, damn that is there's always this argument that happens with this to your point whether it's 5.6 billion doses or 5.6 billion people everybody has a different well th that's a huge i know a, i know because then we're then we're in georgia guidestones lands we're in georgia guidestones. everybody land. in china was vaccinated everybody so there's nearly two billion or at least over one. Give another. What's, let's see. Yeah. Well, then the other thing there too is. The other thing there too is if you talk about a, a, a group of people and organizations that, pretty much constitute a world government, a functional world government as we have right now, 
Um, I understand the rallying cry that this cannot stand with something that has to happen and people need to be held accountable and we need to and we need to take the war to the next level. But what what is he calling for? Like what is He's institute- calling for the Swiss to eject and you know, break apart the WEF and and um they apparently from what's being hinted in this video of people inside that are doing just that, that are dismantling these institutions. That's what it, hmm. it appears to me. Um, he wants Swiss to remain neutral, which they are not right now. They're kind of controlled. And as a Swiss citizen, he's demanding from his stature, wherever that may be at this point. I haven't done the background on it, but the video really spoke to me. Um, this uh, hashtag says, restore Swiss neutrality. Well, that hasn't even been neutral since World War II. World War II was it was even uh, neutral in name only. So this would be, I'd be really interested to see how that happens. I just, um, I, I, I feel this tide turning. I really do. Um, and he's more talking about being, you know, being the. We, we often people on social media and stuff, I see them basically like demonizing the vaccinated for getting vaccinated. It happens a lot. People who realized I did this. Oh, my God, what happened? I was so stupid. I can't believe I did this. Or people who are saying that they were forced to do it. There's inevitably somebody that comes in and says, you, you're not forced to do anything. There needs to be some compassion and some, you know, we need to support those who are dealing with this at this point. Not that, you know, there are still obviously the people we talked about in the beginning, like your, your family. I haven't been my family. I, I know that walk around happy, content, thinking they're morally, you know, superior. But we're much stronger if we're fighting alongside these folks than if we're just trying to take another virtue signaling high ground that we didn't do it and you did. That's well, if, you know, if they're also dis- if they're also disconnected and they don't care, then you just have to let them go and say a prayer. Other than that, anybody anybody who sees that something that they had bought into was not what it seemed, and they learn the hard way. And some things you learn harder than others. You know, to 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 stand by the um, to stand by the that that neocon neolib mentality about going out there and fighting a twenty year war on terror, you know, rooting for George W. Bush as he throws his the, the first pitch of the two thousand one World Series and the two thousand twenty three. Yeah, I know. Only he threw a strike in in two thousand one. He bounced it in two thousand. Well, I mean, well, how old is he? Like, he's like seventy six, but still. Still, that that's the whole that's the whole point. There, they keep running the same script, thinking it's going to be just as believable, and it's getting far harder for them to pull this shit off. And it's the Great Awakening, Frank, in well, so many I, ways. It's, it's the best apocalypse ever. <laughs> you know, it's it's the it's the, it's the best apocalypse ever. It really is. But you know, that's the whole thing. Some the consequences personally, they they vary. Um, they vary in severity. You know, it's one if you if you went out and you bought if it took you three shots of of something that you should have never put in your body from people who have de- declared their intention to reduce the population how many how many times in the past um, if it took you three shots to to realize something's not right and I'm not doing this anymore and and I think I messed up that's a, obviously a little bit more severe than 
watching a war un unfurl from thousands of miles away and realizing that that isn't right, even though somebody on the other side of that war has been killed as well. I mean, there's we all learn our lessons, however. The whole point is if you get to the party or not, if you ever got to the party or not and saw something clearly. Once somebody wake, you know wakes up to something, it's the stupidest thing in the world to say no. Oh yeah, oh look the the retard is here. Welcome, welcome, idiot. Feel like an idiot? Like what? Like we've all been duped by well, plenty of things. And you know the funny thing about that is I I feel admittedly hypocritical saying what I just said and then doing what I did over the weekend, which is that Bill Maher clip from. Uh, let me show you. A guy saying, let's just have some compassion for people. Who no, no, no. I see that guy. I've seen that guy. Well, he needs to burn in hell. Well, we're going to get to the difference here. Although at the root of it, if he's sincere, it's kind of the same thing. Well, I was on the board of my kid's school during COVID. I wanted a harsher lockdown policy. And in retrospect, I was wrong. The, the, the damage to kids of keeping them out of school longer was greater than the risks. But here's the bottom line. Myself, our, our great people, the CDC, I'd like to think the governor, we were all operating with imperfect information and we were doing our best. So yeah, it's, 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 well. Does he believe that? They were operating under 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 political circumstances and there was a belief system there that at the very least canceled out the most common sense and a mandate for all Americans, especially those in power, to be able to preserve a country that 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 put civil liberties and the individual above all else. So I attacked and, that dude, Frank. I attacked I, him and I said, there's I, no way I'm ever forgiving you for crap, you bastard. This is the per this is the type of person who stepped into leadership roles in the community, whether they are dictating to a school they're dictating to a, you know, a a, a, a a school district, whether you're talking about local, regional, national uh, uh, politics, whatever office you're held there, the CDC. I mean, you, you think about the people who came out at the WHO early on and and said, well, um, if you're not showing symptoms, that if you're asymptomatic, then you're not going to be spreading anything that is highly, highly rare and whatever. And, and and right off the bat, that set a commonsensical tone to what would have become the pandemic. They had to roll out a retraction. They had to walk that back like, what, 48 hours later? Because they realized that everything that they were trying to build up in the minds of men and women all over the world was, was, was you know, that could make them relax a little bit. So let's take that out of the equation. Let's look at this guy and other guys like him, right? That are uh -huh. not at that high level with whatever plan they had. Do you think at the time that he earnestly believed that a stricter policy would have saved more people? Or do you think that that was just tyrant syndrome and he was running around without that pure, like that true belief inside of him? Yeah, it, 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 it's at the very least both because this became political very quickly and it was i mean we're talking about a way that the 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 battle lines were drawn the battle lines were drawn between people who were you know on from different uh sides of the the spectrum there and then this became a arm twisting you do what i say kind of a thing 
and every and everything went out the window. I mean, it, it took very it, it did not take very long at all to see just what the the virus was doing to people, to see just how little we had to really worry, and that and that every other every protocol we used to run in our personal lives in the past when a flu was going around was applicable here. So if he feel- still so that guy still deserves the ire of everybody. I mean, well, I at least to the people that he was that he was screwing with. I mean, he he didn't he didn't have a a voice on the national stage, but wherever the hell he was working, he he helped carry water. A year ago tomorrow, I wrote a column saying because the Atlantic came out with a, a a piece that said we need a pandemic amnesty, and she goes through talking about how terrible the misinformation spreaders are, meaning me, you, you know, people that told the truth. And she still doesn't understand that that we were correct and that we're not misinformation spread, spreaders. And I basically decimated this woman from head to toe. She is a data analyst who doesn't obviously analyze any data. Otherwise, she'd know. <laughs> she'd know that everything she was talking about was a lie. And I literally, sl- I'll put the, the column in the show notes, I just I said, no, there will be no forgiveness for you and your ilk who destroyed this planet and changed the course of history. Um, and then I think about like the people like that got the shot for the first time thinking they were doing something good because they were trusting people that they shouldn't have trusted and how we treat those people now that they've realized they've made a big mistake. You can't convince people who think that they're still doing something good that they've made a mistake. Um, but you can wrap your arm around the people who do without trashing I, them. And I just find it hard all these years later. Yeah. When, when we're hearing this all these years later, I yeah. find it very, very hard to find any kind of forgiveness, especially since, especially when those Mia culpas are being done in, in um, you know, highly circulated newspapers uh, for people who have not lost their positions. They have not lost their grants. They're still they're still doing exactly what they did before. They don't deserve to stay there. And we don't, don't we don't know their sincerity at all. I mean, they're probably just aware the tide is turning and now trying to get out in front of it because accountability isn't very attractive. Oh yeah, and and, and what's more tra- and what's what's more attractive than being able to go on HBO and kind of, you know, take responsibility and talk about talk <laughs> about the burden that we were all under and the best that we did. And I'm like, oh, the, the fact that he just, he just loves, I, I, you know, people like this, especially when I hear it on uh, on Bill Maher. I'm like, you know, what, to hell with this guy, to hell with this guy. I, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure that when all that was going on, he was picking and choosing his times to throw the mask away and have some wine with friends at in the teacher's lounge. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, so, you know, I understand we're dancing on that line of hypocrisy where we're talking about talking about people who went out there and listened to the trendsetters and 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 got the shots and then over time realized, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. I don't feel like my health is improving. I'll, I'll tell you. But on the other hand, is there not somewhere, some space to be carved out for someone who was like on the lower rungs of the ladder and maybe had an attack of conscience after a while or realized that he's pushing or she is pushing something that's not helping anybody? Is there any carve out for those people? You know how I, I just have a hard time because they were the most, 
they were they they were just the most venomous out of all of them. They they turn monsters out of everyday people, you know. Yeah. Standing in line, standing in line at in in CVS and have somebody call me a jackass because I had a nostril exposed. Yep. That's what they did to everyday people, but you know they're just as venomous because they were passive about it. Going on CNN saying you know with all the race baiting about how you know systemic racism has made black bodies more susceptible to any kind of infection. You know, and like this, this, like these are just awful people. I, I just want you to listen to this because this is one of those people that I still can't wrap my head around. And I'm just going to get into what she says and then we'll go to the second half stuff. A whole new COVID shot. This is a pregnant woman who got the new COVID shot with her flu vaccine. <clears throat> Here we go. And I'm pregnant. And the last times that I did it, I was completely fine. This time around, I don't know if it's because I'm pregnant. But it literally felt the same as when I had COVID. Like I was, I had chills all night, body aches. It really, really, really hurt. I'm weak. Um, had to call my doctor to say like, can I take Tylenol? They said I can, which I really was trying to stay away from it. I'm just going to stop there. I didn't want to take Tylenol while I was pregnant. Is that is that what she was getting she at? She literally want doesn't want to take Tylenol, but will take an experimental gene oh shot. Gosh. Like, I can't oh put Tylenol God. in my body, but I'm okay with an experimental COVID booster. That oh and the God. flu vaccine. Like, look the what's been done to people. I feel pity for her. Look at her. Me too. Me too. Me too. I mean, because anybody who's thinking about the the health of their you you know that they're they're making decisions because they believe that they're going to help themselves and the child that they're incubating you know it's just like you you know that they're making those decisions out of they want to do the right thing That's and what I'm and, and to hear somebody say i want i i didn't know whether or not taking Tylenol while I was pregnant was a good thing but <sighs> i just I couldn't even believe what was coming out of her mouth. And she, she doesn't know. You can clearly see she doesn't know. And well, that's the th that dude. Ah, man. Um, I was um, uh, one one last thing, Tracy, you're going to this is going to get you too. oh, boy. Uh, Saturday, I was I went to a um, a breakfast spot that we usually go to. I said, oh, you know, what? I told Lauren, I'm going to go pick up some uh, some coffees and some breakfast sandwiches and we're just going to have breakfast at home. So I went there and I'm sitting, sitting around and in through the door, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people there now and into the door came a friend of mine. Her name is Laura. And I noticed that she has a, you know, almost like a, like a, like a cap on almost. And I said to myself, is Laura going through chemo? Is she going through treatment right now? I, I, I didn't even know this. So she she gets to I said, Hey Laura, what's going on? She goes, Hey Frank, you know, she's Portuguese and we she really loves Aurora and uh, you know, we we see a lot of each other because she's usually sitting there with her husband. And um so I'm not paying any attention to it, just looking at her, you know, eye to eye and how are things and all that stuff. And I said, All right, well, you know, I said I'll uh I guess I'll I'll see you soon or whatever. He goes, Yeah, sure. She goes, You won't see me next week though, because I'm I'm gonna be in chemo. I said, You're in treatment. So I doors open. Said so you're in treatment. She goes, yeah, it's the the third third round for me. They a couple of couple of weeks. Uh, I think I don't know four or five weeks ago, they found uh, they they found cancer, breast cancer. I said, oh, Laura, I'm so sorry, but I'm sure you you know you you're in good hands. How how are your doctors treating you? And she goes, oh, you know, she said she said Frank, it's those damn vaccines. 
Oh. I, I said, I said, oh, I said, okay. She goes, it happened to my sister. Oh my God. And I just, she, for her to come out like that, for her to come out just and give it to me like that, I, you know, what am I going to say? Yeah. I'm not, I didn't say anything. I just let her, I just let her talk. But, you know, there's more than enough people out there who put two and two together. They may not want to, because just like the, I mean, just like the woman in, uh, in that we just played right there if if they were playing if they were playing with a full deck of cards then if you were reticent hesitant of taking tylenol you would never shoot that shit into you you would never think to do that and i feel so bad for laura but she says you know thankfully they 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 told me if i had come in for a scan two weeks later i would not have been able to treat this but they said that 95 percent a chance of success right now because it didn't go to my lymph nodes and i'm just i said well laura what you do you you do your thing and you're in good hands when you're done i'm going to give you some things to do for for recovery afterwards some you can consider it and you know it was just so hard to see her in there with that cap on and it just happened so fast and for her to come out like that that was something been praying for her ever since too much experience personally with that same exact story too much yeah. and that's why when people are like they 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 wonder why i'm so passionate about it it's like you nobody really gets the, i mean that's just some you know an acquaintance from the diner like we've got family everybody's got family that's it's yeah. terrible so all right we're gonna switch gears now we're gonna get happy I was gonna talk about this young woman and her nine to five that she's upset about because she has to commute like two, two and a half hours each way and my different sort of a take on it. But instead, we're going to move to boobs. What do you say? Oh, thank God. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Because there's a, there's an important part of this story that I need to get out there. We'll talk about boobs. Frank, you commented on this, actually. I didn't, oh, oh. I didn't, it's a uh, story then. I didn't understand your meme or your gif can you explain it for the audience please why you're pouring, you're pouring one out for the homies that's for your lost homies in battle okay okay and you, and she, now listen i totally i've had girlfriends friends who are girls in the past who were born very well endowed and even though they were fan favorites of all the guys and it was just so wonderful to see them walking around, bouncing around. Oh, my gosh. Somebody said <laughs> breast cancer to boobs. I guess that wasn't the greatest subway, but I, I, I segue. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, I, I, I have had a couple of couple of girlfriends who have had breast reductions because they couldn't take the back pain anymore. I understand what kind of a burden this can be on women just based on what they have told me. But as a guy, just pouring one out for the homies, man. I'm going to play the video. It's just music for audio listeners. I'll put it in the chat below. This is a woman who is very tiny framed and has massive giant boobs mm -hmm. and got a reduction. And she's doing before and after shots. Men, if you want this with your morning coffee, I'll full screen it for you. Off we go. I got guns in my head and they won't go. Spirits in my head and they won't go. in my head and they won't go I got guns in my head and they won't go Spirits in my head and they won't go I got guns in my head and they won't go Spirits 
to my head and they won't go. She's got like 10, 15 clips of herself here before and after in different outfits. And Chrissy. I mean, listen, I, I gotta say, because of her frame, it, it, it does look a little just, it, it does look almost uh, distorted. It does. They're just, they are so massive for her, her tiny frame. But I mean, I would, I would have reduced them to a C or something. Well, you don't big... know what they are. They could be a C, truthfully. Really? Yeah. A big C then. She was probably an F or a G. In that, damn, go down to go down to a, a D. Well, she wanted them smaller because she wanted the freedom of whatever. So Chrissy Mayer, who's a co- a comic, very funny actually, said, "Did this woman ever consider just wearing a bra?" And truthfully, I think she wasn't wearing a bra so she could demonstrate how low they were just from the sheer weight of them because they were by her stomach for goodness sakes. I mean, girl couldn't walk around without a bra if she wanted to. And that's my favorite time of the day is when I'm not wearing one. So um, <laughs> just, I hate them. So anyway, moving right along, um, people are saying, like, why would she do that? She had one thing. <laughs> Some of the comments and the memes are so funny. I try to get my girl to take off her bra and hers are pretty big. Sadly, she loves her bra so much at this point. She has two indents in her shoulders. Happens. Happens. Tons of funny memes. The issue isn't whether or not. Oh. The crying me. Oh, yeah. The, the the man who's overcome by emotion. It's all the men. We're just like, it's please. all the men in here saying like, oh, that's like slapping God in the face, whatever. You know, all the guys are hysterical. Um, So many of them. So many comments of funny stuff. And the women are all like, I understand. I get it. Um, I, And I knew they would. And I knew they would. So so Chrissy Mayer comes back after this goes viral and she says, If there's one thing I've learned from this viral video, it's that if a man was suffering from back pain because of his huge, he'd probably deal with the back pain. (laughs) Yeah, you you just, you start doing more Pilates. That's what it is. That's that's it. You just, you just bear the weight. And I commented underneath with my laughy faces because I thought it was damn hysterical. And then her producer reached out to me and asked me to be on our podcast Wednesday. So that's where this all came from. Frank? Yes. Yeah. You know, you know, they're my, my, my friends. They're from here. Yeah, I know. I know that now. I didn't. Well, he didn't tell me, but but I looked at the profiles and I'm like, oh, Frank has to know them. I I'm still. Well, look, this is worse than any video coming out of Gaza. <laughs> I know. I know the horror, the horror uh, in silence. We suffer. I knew my back was sore for some reason. I thought it was because I turned 30. <laughs> That's a guy. <laughs> I was actually told I need a reduction, but I just live with it. Such is my burden. All the guys talking about how big their junk is. Yep. Hence my bad back. It's a curse. The story of my life. We persist. It's just. We're we're all huge. We're all huge. That's why they invented suspenders. That's right. It's a struggle for some of us. They make muscle relaxers for a reason. I walk with a limp. Someone's. (laughs) <laughs> you, you you often think you, you and here's the thing you think it's the back but it's really the glutes it's it's usually the glutes i guess frank is speaking from experience no it, it's it, it and it's not the, the 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 gluteus maximus it's usually the gluteus medius that's the real problem where you almost feel like it's the hips and you feel it in your lower back but it's ugh, nuts <laughs> I don't know, tits on a stick, somebody in the chat room said. Uh, someone else in our chat room, Liberty Bell, 
went from triple D plus to a B, and it was the best thing I ever did, she says. Mine have fluctuated throughout the years through childbirth and back and then again, and all of a sudden they've just started getting bigger as I start into my journey into, you know, womanhood in my early 40s. God bless womanhood. Mm. Yep. A lot of funny comments on this. Um, so there's that. Now let's talk about movies. This is okay. what I, this is what I saw on Saturday. Are you ready? <laughs> Bill Burr. Here's the trailer. It's good stuff. I always wanted to be a dad. It just took 46 years for it to happen. Just rub some dirt on it. You might want to put a little Neosporin on it. I think you get infected. Oh, yeah? Are you a doctor? Are you just like one of those WebMD guys? This is common knowledge. You want to keep the cut clean. Well, listen, I'm trying to raise a little man here, not a fucking pussy. So why don't you just go on Twitter and go share this story where you're the hero? Hold up. What's up, party people? You happen to check that new joint from Little Baby? Come on, pound it out. That's yeah, okay, thanks. What? He's Flick. Oh. Flickety Flick. All right, you two lock it down. We gotta impress this dude. Change happens faster than when you were young. This company is now a gender-neutral, carbon-neutral, 21st-century lifestyle brand. I don't know what any of that means. You need to talk to someone about your anger. You were late. Couldn't find a spot. We don't accept excuses. Is it like a problem here, miss? Well, if you'd actually read the school guidebook, I wouldn't have to tell you anything. I read the guidebook, all right, you stumpy little... Wow. You feel your generation is more evolved. Yeah, absolutely. It's not going. Hit the thing. Come on, let's go. You know I got a flip phone. Kidding me? Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> but I'd do anything for my kid. I have no idea how awesome I was at your age. Julio Iglesias came up to me in an airport, dead certain I was his son Enrique. The kind of vibe I was putting out, bro. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I was ridiculous. Julio thought I was Enrique. Is there a reason we always have two white men dominating the discussion in this room? That's not a white guy. I'm confused. It was so Freaking good, Frank. They mocked oh, yeah? the hell out of the left the entire movie. It was glorious to watch. You know, I, I Bobby Cannavale is, it, I, I really like that guy. I, I, now, who, who knows, just from what I've seen, he can do anything, that guy. Bill Burr is actually, he, he's, as a comedian, he, I mean, he's shown that he can do some serious stuff too. He's always funny. But I really like Bobby Cannavale. He's he's done some movies that I, I I consider some of my favorites, and he can be funny. He can be he can be ruthless. Like you ever do you ever see Boardwalk Empire? I didn't. Oh man, the season, his season in Boardwalk Empire is 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 unsettling. Like he is a he can be crazy. Movie movie was movie was hysterical. I actually even got so like invested in it. I cried at the end and like the 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 heartwarming end part. I cried. Like seriously cried. <laughs> it was so good. And of course all the reviews are out. Like they didn't have to blah, blah, blah. they're all like slamming it. This is a Netflix movie for God's sakes. And it was so good. It was so good. Like one scene just not to give it away, but I'll tell you one scene cuz it'll get, it'll set the tone. The guy is in the rental car with them. They're going out to do something for the company. And there's a black guy in the back seat with them, one of the friends. 
and um, he starts criticizing them for their talk and they were doing like just guy talk about women and stuff. And he asks him what kind of music he likes and the guy says he likes rap. And then it basically turns into a thing where he's like, what do you do in the middle of the song when the N-word comes up? Do you sing it? And the black guy's asking the young guy this question, the young hipster. He's like, of course not. I would never. He's like, how do you do Dre without... Come on. You know you say it. it it's just, it's so... And then they make him rap it. And in his presence, he can't say it. And then the black guy's like, well, that makes me worry about you even more. That you can't say it in front of me. It was just, it's... <laughs> All the traps. Yeah, I gotta. I, I gotta. I'll. I'll see that. It's. It's worth I, it. Um, it's worth it. I don't remember the last one. I, Lauren. We've seen. We peeked in on a few things there. Um, things that that took us by surprise. Like you know the the first murder mystery, uh, movie by Adam Sandler, with Jennifer oh, Aniston. Yes, on oh, the boat. Was, yeah, the first <laughs> one was pretty good. We watched the second one when it came out too. Just you know, it was a Saturday night. We had nothing going on and. Second one was all right, but the first one was like, wow, this this is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Everybody go watch Old Dads if you've got I'll a check way it to out. watch it, for sure. And then I went to the movies on yesterday morning for the first time since 2009 because I was called to go see this movie. Many of you have seen our interview with Penny Whitbrot, who had a near-death experience. This movie came out from Angel Studios. It's called After Death. I can play the trailer on this one, too. It it was um, doctors. It was powerful, very powerful, um, very. Sci- they had science in it. They had a doctor who did this whole big scientific study on. It's about near death experiences, and and they have several people in the movie that have had them. Their different experiences. It was it was powerful for me. I think everybody's going to walk away from it differently given, you know, depending on where they're at in their spiritual journey. Like the person I went to see the movie with had a very different experience than I did. Um, I left there just feeling this overwhelming joy because it just affirmed everything that I knew in my heart. So it was like, we're here for a certain purpose on earth. I believe we're spiritual beings in a human experience. That's what I believe. And this movie was like, just pounding on it. Do you want to watch the trailer for it? Sure. Really good. Here we go. Third at the box office, by the way. I can't be dead because I've never felt more alive. I've never heard these experiences before. Hogwash. It was 1969, the beautiful day to fly. We were about 100 feet above the ground when I started noticing that something was wrong. It was engine failure. Trees were filling our windshield. I found myself above the crash site. And while I'm processing what I'm looking at, I can see a pilot, and this is me. No two near-death experiences are the same. Out of nowhere, a trailer truck kept me head on. 
but they typically occur in a very consistent process. We began to go down the river and my boat became pinned. I was drowning. The first thing that happens is called an out-of-body experience. And they come to a place of exquisite beauty. They very commonly see a light. Deceased relatives come to meet them. The first person I saw was my grandfather. Now I'm traveling like a rocket ship, straight upwards. And with that, <laughs> oh my god, I'm alive. But not every near-death experience is a good one. 23% had hellish experiences. I saw a black tunnel. I mean, just falling. I wasn't in fear, I was in terror. It was just darkness. Put me back. I don't belong here. I heard a voice before I woke up. You still have a purpose on Earth. I was very skeptical. I never felt alive and then dead. I felt alive and then more alive. I had full brain recordings from the dying human brain. Even though they were unconscious, they were able to give corroborative evidence. She's described herself that she just shouldn't know. This ain't right. You can't be mystified by that question. What happens after you die? This really does show that there is life after death. I'm done. Really good. Really, hmm. really good. Wow, we. And I just want to say, um, you know, the the dark experiences. Oh, Miss Aurora's here. What are you doing here? Hello, girl. She's got that pretty ponytail on her head. Hi, Daddy. Oh my gosh. You came. You came to say hi to Tracy. What'd you say? I said hi you. You want to say hi to Tracy and me? Yeah. We're talking about. Uh, we're talking about a movie. That talks about heaven. Don't you? What, what do we do? Do we do we pray every time we eat? Yeah. Who do we pray to? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> we say we thank God. Yeah. Yeah. She asks. So she's we talk about that. But so that that is more like a documentary. Yeah, it is a documentary. It's, OK. Yeah. Yeah. And and the people that the people that had the dark experience, there is a there is definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. The way the trailer presents it makes it seem very, very, very grim. Um, however, the places those people were in their lives when they had their experience plays a huge part into. Where is she? She's oh. standing up here on this box. There she is. Um, plays a big uh, a big um role in how they experience that that NDE um, and it's just a reminder to everybody to that live 23% that 23% to live in love live in love that's why we're well, here we're here for that reason so I have to imagine that inside the, the documentary they have some people that are part of that 23% yep. and they had terrifying experiences what kind of a life were they living prior to they're running one was a uh, an an atheist who was just miserable just a miserable person not happy ever bad relationship with the, his wife bad relationship with his kids bad relationship with his parents just not a good chill, uh, upbringing just a very negative person the other one you, hmm? and that's hell worthy um 
Because of the vibration he was in when he died, yes. Until he decided to reach for higher, which he did, and then came out of it. You know, that's a that's something I always worried about that they have it, it that that's all going to be dependent on where you are at the time of death. Well, even it, Penny, even Penny had that experience. She passed away and she was in a very bad place in life and was in that black room for what felt like an eternity for her until she realized that black room was of her own creation mm. and and moved out of it and then had the experience that she came back with. So it's. It's just, it's just, again, a reminder to us, those of us who may not be feeling very well and may be very negative and very sad and um, very angry to attempt to raise our perspective a little bit because one of the things that one of the people comes back with, it's like, you you still have more to do. And, and, and the guy says, well, what the hell could I have to do? I mean, I'm just, I'm just a nobody, basically. And he goes, love the people you are with. That was the only mandate was to love who you are with. Mm. And, and and well, I'm 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 down with that. Um, is this only in uh, theaters right now? Or right now, yeah. It? Okay. Yeah, and it was well worth it. And um, it's it's basically it's it's from Angel Studios, which is a faith based studio, and it's a movie about consciousness, which is a word that has been. Um berated and you know discussed as a negative but it's it's really what we all are is consciousness so it, it was just a great freaking movie just a fantastic movie so that's the way we got you into a theater for the first time since 2009 sure did all right and i got so I everything i needed out of it and <laughs> see that i gotta see old dads and i still have to see nefarious oh another really good one another yeah. really good one that one you can get now so um, you have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. You can also watch us live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Twitter or X, sorry, Getter and Rumble. And we'll be back here on uh, Wednesday, right, Frank? Yep. Talk to hey, you later. Aurora, say later. Later. <laughs> Bye, guys.